And I'm Jake. And this is episode 50! The 50. Big 5-0. The Big 5-0. 50 episodes. That's cool. If anybody's listened to all of them, kudos to you. Send you us a message. get a cookie. Yeah, send us a message and I'll give you a cookie for listening to all 50 episodes. Actually, if you've listened to all 50, we'd really love to hear from you. And uh, just give us your feedback on the show. That would be awesome. Or you can call us at our number. That number is 612-584-0235. That's right. So you can call us, ask us car questions. We'd love to give you advice that could be wrong. We'd love to uh, just talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the air. Yep. And uh, You can tell us how great my voice sounds, how shrill Christmas sounds. You, just, you don't sound great. How... You sound like Troy McClure from The Simpsons. Everybody Google Troy McClure from The Simpsons. No one gets that reference. That's why I'm saying Google it. Okay. Google Troy McClure, Simpsons, and that's Jake. Yep. Guaranteed. Feedback on that would be great so everybody knows I'm right. Because sure. Jake thinks I'm crazy. Kind of. So what do we have coming on uh, next week, by the way? Just let's let everybody know what's coming on the next episode. Uh, I like it. We're teasing future episodes now. Yeah. This is big time. Um, yeah. So if you hopefully you've been listening to our midweek episodes where generally we feature kind of a slightly different format. We do history stories, which I think are really fun and entertaining. We've had some good feedback, so be sure to tune in this next week. This is going to be like our most uh, historic History story. We're going way back on this one, Chris. Okay. We're going back to 3500 BC. All right. I think I could figure out what that's probably going to be. I think people can probably guess, guess where what we're going with that so, one. So we'll see where that one goes. Yeah. Um, and before we get into the, the Yugo adventure. You before going you, to love this. You going to love this. Before we get into that, I'd like you go ahead and... Uh, Talk about our Momo contest that we have going on. Absolutely. So for the entire month of August, we're actually giving away a Momo Prototipo Momo Prototipo steering wheel. This is the wheel I have on my Porsche. It's the wheel everyone has in their Porsche. It's a great wheel. And we're going to give away the hub that will fit your car as well, which we haven't purchased yet because we don't know who's going to win. And the way you can win this is you go on iTunes, you give us a review, you have to add some commentary in there, give us some some comments, uh, whatever your thoughts are, because that enters you in the contest at the end of August. We're so gonna I have a question. Someone. Can you make reviews on Spotify? I don't know, and I don't know if that does anything. Well, that's okay. Why don't we look on Spotify and see if anybody can leave us a review there, just uh, just so we can get the Android folks involved. Leave a review everywhere. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, leave a review everywhere, but we're keeping track on iTunes right now. Correct. We're going to look into Spotify, and we'll let you know next week. Sure. Because um, then we can we can add you into the contest if you have an Android phone on Spotify. We'll find a place that it works for those this guys. This is like our disclaimer. No purchase necessary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we don't have anything to sell you, so that's probably going to work just fine. <laughs> um, so before we uh, get into the Yugo thing, why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, SCI Performance, one of our sponsors. SCI. That stands for South Central Imports. They're a local Twin Cities-based Volkswagen Audi specialist. They've been in business since 1976. They have the integrity, honesty. The, they're great guys. Chris was just hanging out at their shop last night working on Yugo. You go over to SCI. You're going to love them <laughs> as well. Everybody, I wonder how tired of this everybody's gonna be by the end we should probably keep it let's save it for when it's really good so we're not doing it all the time let's kind of like slip the yugo in there every once in a while just, just okay not yeah. overly punny yeah, i don't i don't want to kill everyone that's <laughs> listening to us well regardless sci performance you can find them on facebook at sci performance that you can give them a call as well 612-722-8897 so i found this car via our friend chris rungi so oh, he, he's the one that sent he's it to the you? one that sent it to me the day before you and I left to get it. Right. Um, so but the thing is, I don't know that much about Yugos and I didn't know that much about Yugos. And why, I still don't know that much. Why about did it. you want one? Can we rewind a little bit more? I'm not going to tell anybody why I wanted one or why I wanted it till the very end. OK, because I want to go through the entire adventure, the entire story, everything that's happened. But regardless, to me so far. you had always wanted a Yugo. Right, and so Chris knew this. He and might have. sent it to you, saying, "Hey, hey." I also get a lot of people that just send me weird shit. Okay, like and this was one of those. You things. sent me a Renault, whatever it was, a Renault one ten. Yeah, rear engine Renault. Wouldn't that have been cool? I don't know, man. That thing. I thought that would have been right up your alley after looks, this adventure. It looks cool, but it's local and doesn't have a and, title. <laughs> so, because it's easier to obtain, that's less fun. Absolutely, and okay. I think everybody will understand that by the end of the episode. Um, but uh, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about. Zastava 
and you go yeah, a little so bit before what we... what is the you go? This is going to be kind of a little uh, mini history story interjected into our episode. Yeah. So the story starts with Malcolm Bricklin. He's an entrepreneur based his career basically around importing small, weird cars into the U.S. market. And this is a time when everyone was driving and the roads are dominated by these large v8 sedans you know so this malcolm guy imported them here yes imported cars okay yes and so it it was interesting i researched a little bit about this bricklin guy amongst this other many business deals and ventures it kind of was clear that he was really more interested in like the glitzy marketing and the lifestyle and quote his massive ranch house that these uh, deals afforded him so he seemed like a character as well but we won't delve too much into him he was focused on importing the zastava corral okay from yugoslavia is that a is that a wait yugoslavia so i was trying to figure this out so although yes so the corral is a model of the zastava um brand brand zastava motors right so yugoslavia is a communist country or was at the time i believe it's so everybody knows this zastava is the one that makes the yugo right right so when you open up the hood it doesn't say made by yugo it's a zastava which is yugo is the model zastava motors is the manufacturer and i didn't know that till i opened the hood and saw it so that was i had no idea and so they are the basically uh state-owned communist motors of uh yugoslavia and yugoslavia was not aligned with the soviet union at the time that although must be they why were... it's so slow <laughs> why because it's communist because it doesn't succeed at anything yeah okay <laughs> no but it was interesting like how are we getting a communist car in the early 80s in the midst of everything that's going on right so they well, actually that's cold war iron curtain time exactly so that didn't make sense to me well it turns out they weren't really aligned with the Soviet Union, and they actually received substantial financial support from the U.S. during the Cold War. And this whole project of importing the car actually had the backing of the U.S. Secretary of State. I think that's probably because Yugoslavia, as a kind of a union, there was a bunch of countries in Yugoslavia. It wasn't just, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Russia had like its west. East, I guess it would have been the Western Bloc for them, but they had all these little countries. Sure. Yugoslavia was, I think, it was like Serbia and some other countries okay. and stuff like that. And I think that Russia wanted to take over Yugoslavia. Right. Like they wanted Yugoslavia, kind of like they annexed Crimea. Sure. Not too long ago, and the United States was probably doing the best they could to back Yugoslavia as yep. kind of like a resistance to the Soviet Union. Exactly. So I found that so what was going on and this whole project to back him and bring one of their cars over even at the backing of the uh, he wasn't the secretary of state at the time but soon after he became the US secretary of state Lawrence Eagleburger. Ooh. That this sounds is, like a like, that sounds like something you find at a Blue Door pub like a gourmet burger. The Eagle Burger. Well, I just think he's like the US I think he was the ambassador to the area. So what do you think you, would be what do you think would be on an Eagle Burger if you were going to order it? Just everything American. Like, a, a like fri- American cheese. He would have a fried egg. Fried egg. Yeah. Yeah. Eagle Burger <laughs> sounds like something from the Eastern Bloc where you'd like make a fake name for someone from America. You'd be like right. Mr. Eagle Burger. Yeah. So anyways, Mr. Eagleburger supported bringing the Yugo to the U.S. So state-owned, as I mentioned, Zastava Motors made the Corral, or Yugo, as it was marketed and known in the States. It was actually a generic version of the decade-old Fiat 127. Yep. Okay, so you have an Italian car, the Fiat, that was rebadged by a Yugoslavian company as the Corral, Imported was into Fiat the U.S. still making the 127 at that time? I don't think so because so they kept saying sold decades the, old. Yeah, so they sold the tooling, all of it, to, to, the, to, to the, the Yugoslavians. Yeah. Yep. And then Mr. Bricklin here imported that to the U.S. So you have a car from Yugoslavia that's originally an Italian Fiat. Right. So it, that explains like why, well, one thing I th- it's weird about the car is it's an 88, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's from 1976. Like or just earlier. Or earlier. I mean, yeah. just everything, the way it, you know, it, the, how much power it has, the way it drives, the technology, it, it all feels like it's just 10 or 15 years too late. Right. And this was kind of purposeful because the age of its design and low Yugoslavian manufacturing costs meant the car could be sold brand new in the U.S. at the time for $3,990. Cheap. That's the very che- cheap. That's the cheapest and car ever to be sold in this country. Yes, I it think. is. That also still allowed a substantial profit for dealers as yeah, well. I, I bet it did. I'm sure. What I, I can't imagine what they actually imported them at. You know what I mean? The cost right. of it was. So they were sold here in the U.S. from 1985 to 1992. How many do you think were sold here? I was trying to find out. I couldn't find out. I'm going to say four thousand. 
It is so much more that were sold here than you think. Okay. And I think they're so shitty they all rusted or I were think crushed. Or, re- or recalled or gotten rid of. 141,000. Holy shit. Where were are sold they? in the U.S. They're all gone. Except, I think they're except all gone. Mine. Except for yours. <laughs> so yours is the Yugo GV model. Which stands That's the for, trim level. For a great vehicle. <laughs> great value. Oh, it doesn't really? Yes, it does. Oh, my God. That was the basic <laughs> entry-level model was the Yugo Great Value, or GV. I can't believe it's actually called it's Great called Value. It's called Great Value. I mean, this was the whole marketing <laughs> exercise of bringing the Yugo in. Cheapest car ever sold, right? Great Value. Yes, oh my it's the gosh. Great Value. So there was then the GVC, which had the glass sunroof, and the nearly identical GVL and GVS with minor trim and upholstery upgrades, and the, quote, race-inspired GVX yes. with the upgraded 1300cc engine, 5-speed manual, and standard equipment including a plush interior, ground effects package, alloy wheels, rally lights, and a third brake light, which apparently is I have a third brake light. Feature. Yeah, okay. So maybe this was, they added that to the later versions. Oh, and there's also a Cabrio convertible oh my God. model made in that the 88. That must be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so um, they made them from 85 to 92 here in the U.S. They're not made them. They imported them at that time period. The whole opportunity was kind of squandered by Zastava's complete inability to understand the techniques for competing and succeeding in open, quote, capitalist society. <laughs> they, they did not get it. They were like, why do your dealers have to make money? I don't get that. And like, it was just funny, the stories I heard with this Malcolm Bricklin, whose brainchild it was, going yeah. back and forth with Zastava Motors. He's just struggling to get them to get it. Yeah, exactly. And so they had to like, because it was so shitty when they first imported them, they had to do like quality control measures back at the Zastava factory and make the U.S. ones like better, like a higher standard of quality. Oh, so mine is actually Yours a high- is a higher standard of quality than what you find in Yugoslavia, the Corral. Oh my God! So they would actually hire, they would pay the workers on the um, the Yugo line made right next to the Corral line. They would pay them a dollar twenty three more. Oh my God! That's that's amazing. So I'm that sure must it is be in, why my car is so communist. Nice. So nice. Yes. <laughs> so that's exciting. Well, to each their own to their own needs or whatever it is. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So that is the story. A kind of mini. Um, con- condensed version of a history story about the Yugo in the U.S. Well, that's cool. It's it's interesting to know that my car is the nicest version of a Yugo you could get compared well, to... Well, no, it's it, the it, entry it's, level. It's the entry it's, level, it's but... It's the great value. It's the great value, but <laughs> I still can't believe that's the... Love it. That does really show you the marketing uh, brainchild there was... Uh, Absolutely. It was like just six years supposed old. to be super cheap. I thought it was going to be something in, like, Serbian or something. No, no, no it's so great. Good. So, so Chris Rungi showed me the car. Okay. And so I immediately, like, that moment, I was like, wow. Because I had seen one. Um, I saw one over by my father-in-law's house. It was gold, but it was super rusty. I think super, they all were. Well, no. Mine's not. I know. Which right. is, like, so, it's so amazing. I saw, so I saw one at, uh, it was at this dude's house, like, under a pine tree, covered in pine needles. And I'm like, I really want that thing. And he wanted $800 for it. I was ready to give him $800 for the car. Um, But he ended up selling it to someone else. Oh, someone else is interested, blah, blah, blah. Didn't even run. But I just, for some reason, just wanted the car. We'll we'll get, maybe get into that a little bit more later of why I I wanted one at all. I think one of the reasons, one of the, (laughs) one of the base reasons Uh is because it's kind of looks like a Volkswagen Rabbit. Okay. Especially if you look at from the like, if you cut the car in half and you look at the rear, especially from the side, mm-hmm. from like 50 yards, you couldn't tell a difference. Right. And they, they are very similar. In this, so this in this. is the Mark One first gen. Yep. Volkswagen, Volkswagen Rabbit, like 74 to 84. Right. Okay. And you know you know where you could actually still buy one of those, Chris? Where's that? At Luther Westside Volkswagen, another you one could. of our great sponsors. They're the number they one Volkswagen one dealer sale. in the country. <laughs> they do have a Mark One for sale right there on the lot. Is it is it all original? Is it restored? It's a, it's a GTI. It's all original. Wow. I'm not sure if it's ready for sale yet, but it's over okay. there. Well, you it's can go like check it out. Super low miles, like ridiculous. So it's all original. All original red Mark One GTI. It's, awesome. it's neat. I'd, I really would like to own you that You should car. go bring the Yugo to them and see what they would give you on trade-in. 
probably not very much. I would be very curious because they're also, uh, they have the largest selection of used European cars in the Twin Cities. They could potentially have a Yugo <laughs> on their lot. I think that would be awesome. Um, they have a new uh, facility for those those used cars there. Um, you can find them online and check out all of the inventory. Hopefully, uh, maybe that, um, that Mark 1 rabbit is online that'd be interesting to see i don't know i doubt it so they usually have like old like quantums and shirakos and stuff and sometimes they're not on the website oh really so it's worth it to go in and just have a look stuff they always have something interesting okay well you can look online at westsidevw.com and check those guys out so i saw that car over there and i really wanted and i was disappointed when he said oh because it was like this super sketchy house (laughs) like you the, the the porch was collapsed covered in like green moss like no one had walked on it in quite some time and i kind of like struggled to open a screen door to knock on the door so it was like kind of a, an ordeal to go find out if that one was even for sale or not um so anyway chris sent this one to me i don't know if he had seen that i had wanted that one or maybe i posted an instagram story about it but he was like you should buy this it might have just been like totally random like oh haha it's a yugo yeah there's been a whole lot of haha that's a yugo been going on in the last couple of days um so anyway so i call the guy his name's gary and I talked to him a little bit. He's like, oh, well, someone else is interested. I'm like, I'll come tomorrow. He's like, well, where are you from? I'm from, I'm like, I'm from Minneapolis. He's like, are you towing it home? I'm, I'm like, no, I'll drive it. And he started laughing <laughs> uproariously, probably about 10 or 15 seconds of laughter where I tried to interrupt him, but he just kept laughing anyway. <laughs> so he just laughed at me and he's like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure I'll come get it. I'll be there. Uh, I'll leave tomorrow morning. I'll come get it. And then throughout the day, he would send me like text messages like, just got the windshield washer fluid topped up. The spare is set. It's got 30 pounds in it. <laughs> like he was just trying to get the card like dialed in for me. But the things he were doing were like, who gives a shit? I'm like, did you yeah. check the oil? Did you check the pressure in the actual tires? <laughs> nope. But the spare is set. Yeah, but the spare is all set. The spare, which resides in the engine compartment. The spare is in the engine compartment, right in front of the driver, in between the driver and the engine. So Maybe that was their crash structure. <laughs> Maybe well, it was designed that way. Yeah, that's the airbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we drove up to see Gary. Uh, Jake and I left at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we started driving. We took the sport wagon up. Yep. And it was a pretty uneventful drive, I think, until probably Fargo. I right. Think, where we were in line at Subway, and I was hit with the real... <laughs> With North the reality with, of with the reality of being in Fargo, when someone asked, someone said, "Do you want cheese?" and she says, "Yeah, I'd like some cheese. I'll be fine." And she had like this <laughs> super thick Scandinavian Minnesota Fargo Canadian oh, accent. Yeah. Oh yeah, you betcha. I have some cheese. It's fine. It's probably what people think we have a little bit of an accent. I'm curious if anyone not comments, even close. But this is like yes, what you I have heard that I have when I go to California in the East Coast. I have an accent. Right. They well, know where this I'm is, from. This is like laying it on thick. It was thick. It was thicker than the cheese, the double cheese I had on my subway that day. It was uh, it was serious. It was serious. And I I, <laughs> I looked a terrible joke. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so I looked over at you with like my eyes like whoa, mm-hmm. and I just was and like was, wow, that yeah, was incredible. Was like, it was like this culture yep. shock. And then I, someone's like, oh, have you never been here before? I'm like, oh, this is our first time. And sh- she's like, oh, it's not much of a town. I'm like, well, you've got a movie named after you. Yep. She's like, yeah, yeah, we do. The, the, the wood chipper from the, from the film is like right up the street. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> so we eat our subway and we drive up to the – this is after we decided not to go to the Smorgasbord. Oh, yeah, that was disappointing a little bit. Yeah, that we there didn't? was some pizza place. That, well, I didn't oh, know what a – First sm- of all – no, I'm going to rewind. First of all, we're four hours – into the drive. Three and a half. We made good time. Okay. We did make really good time. Which <laughs> we won't talk about too much. But Chris goes, I didn't bring any money with me. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? You are, I, I, Okay. I arrive at your house at like quarter to eight. I expect you to be set to go. I expect you to have your tools packed. I expect it to be good to go. I get there. You're like rolling out of bed. You're like, I suppose I should pack some tools. <laughs> you get that together. We're on the road. Three and a half hours later, you're like, oh, I should find a bank to get money. It's like, what? You don't have cash with you? Nope. And you're looking through your wallet. Oh, I don't have my license with me or like my check card. I don't think you had anything with you. I had you. my check card and everything, but, okay. I, but I still have not gotten my driver's license from the DMV. Because state, state of Minnesota is state of Minnesota's junk. Yeah. So uh, I had to go to Wells so, Fargo and get a, uh, I had to get the cash out for you. And by the time you got back to the car, I had already paid you back. So via there. PayPal, which yeah, was I paid fine. you, paid you immediately. But still, that was the shortest loan of all time. I should have charged you interest, though. It would have been very little interest because it was a, a <laughs> zero, loan of zero, about forty zero, seconds. One. 
it. Yeah. So, um, so we went. We saw the wood chipper from the movie Fargo, which was kind of interesting, kind of morbid. Well, it was it's at, like at their welcome. center. I was going to say it's at their visitor center, and then they have another one out front. Yep. And it's just like a bloody. <laughs> It was Bloody wood chipper. So can I tell the story there? Because I thought this was so funny as yeah, a little anecdote. So they have the wood chipper there, and it's signed by the Cohen brothers. Yep. And it has like a little prop foot sticking out of the wood chipper and, and a log I also, there I also too. want to let everybody know that Jake has not seen Fargo. No, I haven't. Let's have a moment of silence for Jake's culture. I, I, I would <laughs> bet a lot of people listening have not actually seen the movie. Um, I think most people have seen Fargo. Uh, well, I'd be curious. So anyways, I did watch this, the famous scene with the wood chipper. Yeah, right? we watched it. Because yeah. this is after we knew, like, oh, it's, it's actually here at the Welcome Visitor Center. So I go in there, and there's, like, the guys working behind the desk, yeah. and there's another family that stopped, whatever. And so I, like, go behind the wood chipper. Chris is videotaping me. You're taking a picture, and, I like, there's a log there as well. And so I start banging on the on the On the foot. On the like leg. He does, like he does in the like movie. Like he does in the movie. And I hear the guy behind the deck. He goes, excuse me, sir. And I'm waiting for him to be like, please don't do don't this. Touch Everyone does this. Don't. He goes, would you like a hat for a photo? <laughs> it was great. They had the, they had the floppy, like uh, the floppy winter hats. That right. You, just like, I'm like, I asked him, I'm like, do you have any long underwear too? Yeah. yeah. It was so hilarious. I expect him to be yelling at me. He's like, have some props for your photo. Yeah. So we left Fargo and that's when it started to turn really pretty. Like kind of did, yeah. yeah. Like so, right when we left, because we were going another hour and a half, maybe north right. of Fargo. So we were in, we crossed the border, then we came back into Minnesota, yep. and uh, somewhere north of Fargo. Somewhere. It was north of Fergus Falls, even. Yeah, who knows? But we were almost. We, I saw signs for Winnipeg. I was just gonna say we started seeing signs for like Canadian exits on the freeway, and we're like, all right, we're getting up there. Yeah, we're getting up there for sure. So we ended up in Stephen, um, yes, small and, town. And around this area, there's geez, um, it's like wheat. I think is the main. That must be the main wheat and corn. But the way that the yeah. sun was shining through these enormous fields, these fields were huge. They went on forever. Yeah, I've never seen. Usually, like farm parcels are divided up into like little grids. Yeah, and you have like half mile grids of, of rows of corn or whatever it is. But these, these went forever. These fields went for miles. And the only thing kind of like separating the fields was they have like little windbreaks mm-hmm. of trees and bushes and stuff like that. And I imagine that it's bitter up there. Like the, the weather in the, in the winter, it must be yeah. just bitter. And I, I guess if you watch Fargo, yeah. you would see it. I Good mean, point. it is got to be a barren wasteland yeah. as evidenced by billboards that had like a suburban on it. But it was like, here, you can get these tank treads for your suburban. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen those and I really want those. Yeah. So those were I saw several of those up there. So yeah. they must get some decent snow and blowing snow and everything like that. I'm imagining it's almost impossible to traverse anywhere. Max tracks, I think they're called. I really That's want not, those. Yeah. <laughs> For your Hummer? Yeah. In Woodbury? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can drive through your neighbor's house with those. <laughs> so had these, like, swaying wheat fields, and the sun was coming in, and they were golden, and it was very, very romantic. So we pulled over, and we got a picture, and Jake looked like an Chris idiot. Chris was starting to get the feels. I was getting the feels. I was. I was getting the feels, and I started to get, like, Jake was getting romantic. He's, like, running around in the fields with his hands out. Pretending Which I'm he was, really like, disappointed some... you didn't post that video in slow motion. I didn't want to embarrass you. No, I really want to see that video in slow motion. I have it, but I didn't shoot it in slow motion. Okay, well, we have to do that in post then. We'll, we'll figure because it out. Because it was the scene from like every like romantic movie where they're like running through the field. You know, it's from a, a Gladiator. The guy, Mark, oh, yeah. he, he yep. like walks through the field and he's touching it every time he dreams of being home. Right. Right, and he's got his hands just like touching the wheat. That's his yep. own crops that he... Anyway, so it, it felt like, I mean, it was just really, really beautiful. And we were kind of on this road that sat up and we just crossed over to Minnesota through this little bridge that was that was uh, the a, coolest thing. Yeah, it was just a riveted bridge, right? Just big iron I-beams yeah, with, with the big superstructure to yep. it and just kind of a really classic looking old like train bridge almost. But they had a road going. So that's it. where it started to feel like an adventure. Before that, I was it kind of felt like, ah, eh, we're going to get this car and drive home, you know, right. and then it started feeling special and then we started driving a little further and the topography started to change i was and gonna then say like, there was some elevation because western minnesota is just flat i farmland. would disagree with you completely there was no elevation change whatsoever however there were creeks maybe that's all it was yeah there was like little creeks and little berms and stuff like that it was still really really flat well, you were just you were just gonna say the topography changed the topography means like i'm talking rivers and Okay. You know, stuff like that. But yeah. there's no so, elevation changes. Okay. On a larger scale, if, no. Yes. If you fall into the creek, you've made an elevation change. There Is that go. what you mean? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And like the trees started to be different. Like I didn't recognize some of the, the species of trees and stuff like that. Tamaracks. Sure. That's only because you live in the Tamarack village of Woodbury. 
And I had somebody at my house. Yeah. Yes. So we got to the guy's house and he's not there. Right. <laughs> right. And it was really hard to find because the address like didn't make sense. Yeah, the address you put the address in a Google Maps, it goes to Kansas. Right. Which was special. So you did a little bit of sleuthing. I see Jake over there like zooming in on the photo and you can see the barn and the, I think it looks like this place. And then we kind of uh, cross-reference that to the pictures we got from the guy, right? Which was like, "Hey, here this here's the place. It's turn right here, and it's like 50 yards past this gas station that's named this, and you can't miss it. The town's like one foot long, right? Right. So it wasn't really much of a town, Stephen. So we get there, and I I call Gary, nothing. I text Gary, nothing. So we're just kind of wondering where Gary is at this point. And we went and rock, knocked on the wrong house. Yep. Luckily, no. I mean, no, no one, one was, was there. So we kind of turn around. We're walking back to the car, and here comes Gary walking up, and he he was wearing a shirt that uh, that said "Live Generously," mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was kind of a cool shirt. It was maybe he works for a medical company or something, but I think it was for like organ transplants or whatever. But it said "Live Generously," and he had this huge smile on his face, and um, you could tell he'd been smiling a lot in his life. <laughs> you know, he, he was he's a really tan guy, spent a lot of time in the sun, but he had a very bright, happy face yeah. and a nice firm. He was a pleasant looking guy. He's a very pleasant looking man. And we, I shook his hand and he's like, oh, well, let's come look at the car. And uh, we opened up the garage door and Jake was immediately like a squirrel running over a pile of nuts. He was all over that car. I was just excited to be at the car after four hours in your car. You need to do more long driving. That was nothing. I know. <laughs> so I was just, I all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, I guess Jake's going to look at the car now because you were like, you hopped in it right away and pulled it out of the garage. Well, it was dark in the light. garage. First thing we're going to do is get in the light. Yeah, I know, but I was trying to like build camaraderie or what? I don't know. I was just talking. It, it was fine. I just thought it was, <laughs> I just thought it was funny that you were like immediately all over the car while I was still trying to like take a picture of it or something. Get shit so, done, Chris. So, so you, pulled get it, it done. you pulled it out and, uh, and there and there it was. What, what what was your first impression of the car? Um, I mean, we so from what you sent me and the photos that the guy sent you, it looked extremely clean. Like he even went down and took pictures of like the pinch welds underneath the chassis and, and stuff. And you always worry, like you see these pictures and you get there and it's never right. So never I was, as clean. I was expecting to be let down. I was hoping it wasn't completely misrepresented, but I was expecting to be like, all right, like yeah, but. I was pleasantly surprised. It was 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 just as clean as it was presented. It was presented perfectly. It wasn't more clean than it was. It wasn't less clean than it was. And it was, you could tell that it wasn't super taken care of. It had been sitting a long time. I disagree. I found a thing in the glove compartment when he last changed the oil was at 45,300 miles or something. And that was in like 2000. No, that was in 2007. Okay. So I'm not surprised. In the last 12 years, it had been driven like seven or 800 miles. Right. So it sat. A lot. Yep. Um, I did think it was kind of sweet and like he, so he bought the car for his daughter years ago. Right. And he had the little stuffed animal. It must have been her stuffed animal or something belted into the passenger seat. Pookie. It was Pookie. Yeah. So we walk up and Pookie, the the purple teddy bear is belted in. And then there's another rabbit on the keychain too. It's Pookie Jr. Right. So we're going to keep Pookie Jr. on there just for for good luck. It hasn't worked so far, but um, (laughs) yeah, we'll keep Pookie Jr. around. I thought the car, I just... When you open the garage door, I'm like, that's a Yugo. Oh, yeah. And it was, it, it's not exciting. It's not overwhelming. It's not emotional. It's right. not stunning. It's not, it's not any emotion that's more extreme on a scale from zero to 10, more than one. I did like, I, I didn't realize the hood scoop was there, which is kind of a cool stylistic thing. It, it makes it look sporty. But. But we open the hood. It's just the fresh air vent. It's the vent to, yeah, basically the cabin air. Yeah, so it's not a carburetor like. uh, No, it's not like forced induction by any means. Not even a little bit. But it kind of looks cool. It looks cool. There's got to be a way to like route that over to the carburetor instead. Like move it and then point it down into the carburetor. I'm sure you could. Yeah, maybe we could work on something like that if I don't sell it the next five minutes. (laughs) True. So, um I was not inspired right away when I saw the car. I was kind of like, oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, man. There so it is. You drove all this way and you and, just and I wasn't that underwhelmed. Exci- and I was, I, no, I was, I was completely, I was as emotionally flat as the landscape around us. It was playing it cool. Play, it wasn't playing it cool. It was just I didn't feel much either in either direction. I thought maybe I would, but I really didn't. I didn't really feel anything. I'm like, well, that is a car. So I rode with you for five hours and then seven hours back for you to feel nothing. Correct. Great. At that point. You're welcome. <laughs> at that point, I didn't feel much. Okay. And the, the, the main emotion I was getting was from Gary. 
I really, really liked Gary. And um, what started to happen after I first saw the car is Gary started to like his his emotion and his happiness started to be imparted it infectious. on me. It was infectious. It was imparted on me. And the more he talked about the car and the more he showed me around the car and things that he liked about the car, I started to kind of feel it a little bit. Yeah. Because when had, I first had, like sentimental attachment as seen by the little pookie in the yeah, he clearly did. And there was towels on the seats. Did you see what they said? No. His and hers. Oh, really? He had his and hers towels on the seats to yep. protect the seats. And uh, there's brand new mud flaps in the back, and he had like a timing belt, and he had uh, like he had a book of records book of, and everything like, else. I haven't looked through that. I should look through that yeah, book of should. records. But um, the car was really, really, really clean. So that was yes. kind of like the I'm like, all right, well, let's go for a drive. So we, I get in it. And I'm like trying to find a gear, and it's like <laughs> it's like dropping a wooden spoon in a paint bucket. Uh-huh. It's just there's there was nothing. I'm like, all right, there's no when you get it in gear, there's no like detent or right. yes, you're in gear. No it doesn't positive feedback. unless you grind the gear. Then you know you're not in gear. Well, go crank. Like then you know you're in gear. If if you oh, okay. fuck it up, then you know. Sure. So that's the only way you really know you're in gear in the car. And we kind of started driving around, and it was it was cheerful. It you know, was funny. It, 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 it was, was cheerful. That's about as, as much as I can give it. Sure. And you can tell, like, my emotion now about the car is different than the day we picked it up, right? You were excited about it when you were driving it. I was very excited about it. And now... I shared an Instagram story, and you were like, this is so, like, it, it's comical, right? It is comical. And that's the, that's the only thing that's fun about the car is that it's a Yugo. And I, and I relate it to some people that I'm like, you know, I own a, a, nine, a vintage 911 Long Hood. Yep. And it's considered to be one of the most influential best cars of all time. Sure. And I also now own one of the worst cars of all time. What right. is widely considered at least one in of the, the worst in the US. In yeah. the United States. I found out that some of the when I was on Instagram, some of the people that contacted me about the car are really excited that I got it. So yeah, they race these they things. They race these things. He's I've got a video of, of them racing them. I've got a guy that did like a 1.6 liter swap. It's got like 140 horsepower. There's a guy that did a Lancia Delta Integrale swap in his. And I'm like, holy shit, like there's this whole culture. They right. made them until like 2000 or something like okay. that, or even maybe even a little bit later. But I got all these messages from like some of our followers in <laughs> other countries that are, oh, it's amazing that you have one of these. That's awesome. And, it's, and I, I, now I know that theirs are even worse than mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, is, I imagine. Which is kind of funny. But so, so we took it for a drive. And um, first driving impression is that it needs basically a pep talk with everything that it does. <laughs> Okay. So you need to be a, like a cheerleader for the car okay. at all times. So you, you want to go? You want to go? Come on, car. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's get it done. <laughs> Same with the brakes. Are It's like, come on, guy. Let's stop. We can do it. Let's stop. <laughs> Turning is like, all right, don't lean too far. Okay, you're going to lean all the far. Oh, yeah. It leans. So it feels like you going to fall out of the car. <laughs> you going, yeah. Yeah. And I will say we're, we're fast forwarding a little bit, but right by your house is we're like, I think we we're both ready to like be back. And it was long drive. Not like you were. You yeah. checked out like. I checked out a couple hours before we got there. Yeah, you did. Well, I was like looking at work email and I had to be at work the next morning. You're looking at I, work email while you're driving my car. Yeah. <laughs> it was very flat and boring, Ritz. Yes, yes, it was. But anyways, um, you're going around a roundabout and I thought you were going to flip the thing. Tires were screeching behind me. You're right on the bumper and I'm not going slow and in the lowered new Golf Sportway. Yeah, I was pushing and it. I wanted to see you were just pushing this thing. It was at the limit between like oversteer. Yep. If I let off, it started to oversteer a little bit. Like okay. they started to dig in even more yep. in the front left corner. It was that was it. That was the limit of that car, one hundred percent. I would not doubt if the rear right tire was off the ground. Yeah, I, I bet it was. And so that was it was screaming, I was laughing my ass off watching you in the rear view you mirror. You said that the headlight was on one side was on the bottom of the mirror, and the other side was on the top of the mirror. Exactly from the from yep. The, from so the you're the looking angle. at the rear view mirror. Yeah, he's he the car leaned so much that one headlight was basically pointing to the bottom left corner, and then the other headlight was pointing to the top right, like right. extreme angle. So before we left, before I give the guy the money the gary's like do you want to see something else i'm like yeah I'd, I'd love to so we go over to this garage and he opens up the door and it's like a dodge ram van and i'm like he's like check out this hood ornament on this thing and he grabs it and pulls it and, bong, 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 and it springs back i'm okay. like yeah man that's really cool like i was like what i don't really care about your dodge i wasn't ram there van. for that no you weren't you were uh i don't know what you were doing who knows you Where were moving the, you were moving the car okay so that's um, right. I'm like, great. He's like, oh, check out this other garage. He opens it up, and it's a 69 AMX. Yep. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. He's like, I've owned this car since 1969, 
and it was all original. Yep. The racing stripe was like kind of like crackled and it had been sh- it had shrunk over time. The paint there, and it was just. He, you could tell, like, the look on his face. He was beaming with pride. He yeah. looked at this thing, and he's like, I've driven this since 1969. Yep. You know, and it, yeah, it, that it was, was his baby. That was his baby, and it's really cool. I'm like, well, how often do you take it out? He's like, most sunny, most sunny days I'll take it out, yeah. which might be a lie because it was pretty dusty. And it, was, <laughs> it was under a cover, but yeah. um, he, I, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he takes it out. And I really loved that um, Gary had such a love affair with that car. Yeah, he had a lot um, of enthusiasm for it. And yeah, he really he had, did. Uh, there was like a car club jacket sitting on yeah, the seat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, is that club still a thing? He's like, that hasn't been a thing in 30 years or something to that yeah. effect. And it was just kind of cool, like all this nostalgia. And he was said, he was joking like, you know, when I'm old and decrepit, I told my buddies to just wheel me out of the nursing home, put me in the car, and I'll take care of the rest. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for he, sure. He wants to live in the car and go out in that car. And uh, I was shooting myself for not bringing any podcast stuff with. I would have liked to have talked to Gary some more. Or your camera. Or my Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I should have. I had a big mistake. I didn't bring my real camera. Well, I didn't expect this to be a thing. You know, I, I, and that was my mistake. I didn't expect it to be a thing, but it was a thing. You did this for the adventure. Like, I, that's the only reason I agreed to do this was, oh, this will be kind of an interesting I know, adventure. I know. It, was, it was silly. And here you are just not excited, not bringing any equipment with you. Right. Mopey dopey. I know. But so, so Gary was in love with this car, and I, and I was really inspired by that. And um, seeing him stand there just proud, you know, yeah. and, and it was, and he was smiling, and he liked, you know, he's talked about the car, opened the hood, popped it up. It was all, the whole car looks all original he said uh, it, he, it, he had like chrome valve covers and air intake and stuff but yeah like just like stuff he's done correct over exactly. time you know it's, it's stuff that gary had done over time and then he's like hey why don't you come check this out i got something in my basement and that's when i thought we were gonna get murdered right <laughs> well like, no oh, here we go yeah obviously no. gary's a nice guy but in, in like the movies you go into the basement and that's where you get chopped into little pieces right and put in the freezer and i know, let you go first well, I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I was just thinking, well, we were just in Fargo where lots of people in a movie got chopped into little pieces. Yep. Now I'm here and I'm going to get chopped into little pieces by yep. Gary. And it was all facade. Gary's being nice to yeah, lure just us to lure in. Us but uh, we went downstairs and walk around the corner. Um, and he said he was in a trains on the way down the stairs or yep. whatever. And we go into this room and there was there was more trains than I'd ever seen. And then I found out that you're a train nerd. Not Well, so I grew up, um, my dad had like a little train set for us, an H.O gauge set and he had like lionel trains and stuff too and so i like i knew some of it and so he has wall to ceiling trains trains so like we asked how many trains do you trains. have how many trains he's like i don't have know how many trains we have but there's a thousand feet of trains and i'm like no he sh- said thousand yeah, shelves a thousand feet of shelving in this room and it's you could tell trains. it was all full and so the, i was thinking there's got to be like six to eight inches per train so there's at least 1500 trains yeah you know or, or whatever so i took a couple pictures of it and sent it to my dad because i thought he'd get a kick out of it. he goes i recognize some of those like i'm not a huge trainer he goes i recognize some of those and i hope he has that collection insured yeah it like, was pretty you can't serious. imagine i i have no idea but i'm sure there was a lot of money in that room yep and and it was you could tell he, he didn't necessarily care about that he's like yeah i'm gonna get rid of about half of them and yep. it was it was cool i just i maybe that's what you do when you're in Steven is collect trains. You got to do something, yeah. I guess. Yeah, he he, uh, <laughs> he wanted to. He wanted us to stay that night for a concert. He actually tested, texted me later that night. He's like, "You missed a great concert." Did he really? Yeah, he did. He was. He's been checking on me as, oh, as time goes on here a little bit. Okay. Um, he's probably not going to like what happened to the car a little bit a little bit later. <laughs> um, yeah. But, so, but granted, it does look a lot a lot better. Um. So he sh- as before we left, he's like, "You don't need to wash or wax this thing." And he pointed to this little sticker <laughs> that says Ming on it, Ming protection. And I looked it up, and it's like an old 3M ceramic coating process. Okay. So that scam has basically been around for the last <laughs> yeah, no kidding, thirty years. Um. So we we hop in the car, and we just you know start driving, and the the drive was pretty uneventful. You know, yeah. I, I topped the car out. We did a top speed run on it. It was 84 miles an hour, and it took... Which, in my research, they said 86. So you're losing a little bit off the top there. I, I did gain the power back by doing a tune-up and oh. plugs. The plugs were They horrible. looked like original. They might have been original <laughs> plugs. Um, they, well, they were AC Delcos, so I doubt they were original. True. They probably were changed. I don't think That's they did true. AC Delco plugs in Yugoslavia. Nope, probably not. But they were knife-edged. Like at the, mm. the tips, they were like pretty burnt out. Sure. And the the rotor and the distributor cap was really bad. Yeah. Was, so you probably gained back at least the, the two or three horsepower. There's no question about it that there's there's more power now. Okay. Um, and it, it doesn't seem quite as wrung out. Sure. But you couldn't drive much. I mean, it was like 65 miles an hour. And that was, was pushing it. 
Well, it just it would go more, but it really felt like you were trying to kill a chicken. <laughs> I mean, with just by strangling it, you know, sure. it, it was it, that was about it. And it felt it feels safe on the road. It goes down the road straight. Safe is a relative term, but yeah, yes, it's, it's, it might need a clutch. I don't know. Yeah. It's a clutch is a little bit slippery. Although you wouldn't know because you didn't really drive it because you decided you wanted to drive the sport wagon instead, so you could check your emails. Well, no, to be fair, you like were you were gung ho with the Yugo and we were just barreling through. We stopped for gas. I said you had told me, "Hey, next stop, I want to drive." Yeah, so I next did. stop I said, "Do you want to drive?" He said, "Nope, I'm having fun in my climate controlled audiobook vehicle." Yeah, I was getting into my audiobook and then I wanted to keep going with that was really the reason. <laughs> okay. The same sounds lame, but He's, whatever. He, it does sound really lame. It does. You gave up on adventure for an audiobook. What, yep. What's the audiobook? Uh, it is the Atlantis gene. Okay, that sounds way lamer than a Yugo. Maybe not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That statement is incorrect. So on the way back, um, we uh, I, I I always keep my eye on the side of the road for yeah for finding anything. And out of my well, when it's flat and straight, that's all you can do is kind of look around. Yep. And- so we were on Highway Ten, and I looked off to the right, and I said, I, I called you immediately. I mean, did you see that? Did you see that? And you did not see that. But it was a little rabbit mm-hmm. hatchback and a rabbit pickup truck. Right. Back behind this guy's house on uh, railroad ties, cut up railroad ties. Sure. So we turn around, we go back, and we walk up to the house. And I see that it says Lloyd, and I can't remember what his wife's name would have been. but And it said uh, established 1950 yep. above their door, which... Uh, which was I'm like wow these these guys are, are still around that's pretty cool yeah so and we, to set the scene we we pull he's right off Highway 10 a little gravel like frontage road so we pull around the garage doors open there's a, a bunch of little outbuildings around there yep and so you go up and and knock on the door no one's around yes and uh, so I knock on the door and no answer I can hear the dog barking yep but no one comes so I'm like all right well that's it we kind of peek our head in one of the garage doors hello hello yep and you were looking around and I see. A guy opened the door to let his dog out, and then he goes back, and you're like, what was that? Did, go, he, did he see you? Yeah, and I go, I th- he's taking his time. or yeah, I think he said he's going to take a minute. I could tell he's an older gentleman. Yep. So he comes out, and uh, he's an older dude. But my guess is when that guy was 25 years old, he was probably 6'3". Yeah. He I was mean, a he bigger was, guy. He was a bigger dude, and he had an accent. Yes, he, he did. did. And I, I was trying to figure it out when we were I, talking to him. I'm going to guess that it was some sort of Scandinavian accent. Sure. I think he might have been off the boat, you know, like a, right. like an, an OG guy because yep. um, he was 91 years old. What I loved about it, and I told Nikki, he he like came alive. He was so happy to just have random guys stop by yep. and visit him. He had and- bright blue eyes and, uh, and a good handshake, and he had uh, basically a, like a military-style haircut, like shape, yep. sh- uh, cut short on the sides. And he had blue overalls on, like blue machinist overalls yep. with just a T-shirt underneath. And uh, which is exactly what I would imagine some guy naming named Lloyd that's 91 years old that has Volkswagens in his backyard (laughs) would look like. So what everybody's thinking that person looks like, this is him. Yeah, you're you're correct. So we go out there and we look at some of the cars and he's like, oh, I used to work on these. You know, I had a bunch of them. I've been, you know, I always like to fix them up and stuff like that. And we're walking back and uh, he's like, yeah, my wife passed away in March. Yeah. And I said, well, how long have you been married? And he goes, "Uh, we were married 67 years. And I saw this, like, vacancy come to his eyes. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but he had, like, yeah. his eyes were really bright. And then when he said that, it was he had this, it was like the emptiness that his wife left behind when she was gone came behind his eyes and you could see it. It yeah. was it was heart-wrenching, and I, it, it broke my heart to see it. And I thought of, and I said, well, you know, I've only been married to my wife for 12 years, and that's I just being married to someone for 67 years was really impressive. And he looked over there. He goes, oh, that's her beetle right there. And it's like a white new beetle with little eyelashes on it. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, I don't really know what to do with it anymore. And it's just kind of sitting there. And it was it was it was sad. Well, in obviously not on the same level that in the industry, he said then his dog died a month after his wife. Yep. And so this little dog that was following him around was his wife's dog. Yep. So yeah, it's Twister. Just, Twister because it kept it was a little like bulldog it kept circling and spinning yeah, so yeah. Twister but yeah it was just the whole thing was kind of sad and you feel for him but he was then just kind of so happy to just have people there and he was absolutely no doubt about it energized by us being there I think it made his day and uh, he he had mentioned he's like yeah before my wife died I kind of got rid of everything and now I wish I hadn't because she's right. gone because I'm sure she made him she, get- I'm sure because he said he had an auction actually with all his Volkswagen stuff yeah. 
And he's like, yeah, you should have been here a year or two ago or whatever. So the one of the rabbit pickup trucks had a had a tailgate on it. Yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty picked that one, over that and stripped. Was, yeah, um, the, the, actually, the sedan was pretty good. The yeah. not the sedan, the hatchback, the four door. Yep, was actually the floors were good. The Didn't have an towers engine, were good. but no otherwise, engine. I would drive it. I mean, there's some rust here and there, but it'd be pretty, a good project. Yeah. Now we're gonna get messages. Where is this car? Yeah, no kidding. It, it, it is. It is absolutely salvageable if you just dropped an engine in it. Mm-hmm. Even the 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 pad that goes on the hood mm-hmm. that keeps the engine warm yeah, and keeps the, the sound and the... keeps the sound, so it's not so crazy. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Um, was perfect condition. I've yeah, never seen never that see before. That. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, you should fix this thing up. He's like, oh, let me show you my what else I have. So he we walk all the way over quite a ways. He rides a four wheeler. We say, he ups in his four wheeler, and he said he made some comment that made me laugh, like, "Oh, my legs aren't what they used to be," or something to that effect. It's like you're ninety not or ninety one. Yeah, I don't blame yeah, I'm you. Not, nobody's giving you any shit. So we walk over there, and he pulls open this door, and there's an old tractor in there, and then there's a pile of Volkswagen engines to the left, all kind of greasy. Some are upside down, you know, kind of just tucked away in the corner. And to the right is a door, and you open it up, and you can kind of see. When you look through this door, there's you could see like the headlight and the and the side marker of the of the of a rabbit kind of lit up under the crack of a door yep. that was over on that side of the building. And he's like, "Oh, I got to go over there to to unlatch the door." So he walks out, walks around, and he slides the door open, and there's like a really really nice rabbit. Yep, and it was silver, and it had still had the original hubcaps. And next to that was a rabbit pickup truck, not quite as nice, had like a dent in the fender, but still like rust free. Yep. And it had a cool topper on it. And then you spin around, and back in the back was an old uh, Chevy Blazer, like a 70s Blazer. I think it was a Bronco, wasn't it? No. Oh, it was a Blazer. Yeah, okay. yeah it had a, had a small block in it. And, You're uh, right. It was a 350. Yep. And then the uh, behind that was a Cabriolet, like an old Cabriolet or whatever. Oh, cabby, and he's yep. like, yeah, that my, my grandson, I gave this truck to him. Mm-hmm. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, why is it it's summertime? Why is this soft top Blazer in this fucking garage covered in dust? What is this grandson doing? Yeah, I don't yeah. think his grandson was into it. I he couldn't have been, which is it's sa- sad. Saddens me, like a yeah, lot. No, I mean, it was it was really sad. But he he didn't seem to think of it that way. So uh, he had said that he was he had another tailgate for me that was cleaner than the one that was on the other truck, and he pulled it out and ended up being a, a white Volkswagen Caddy tailgate. Yep, and they're cool because it says Volkswagen, it says Volkswagen right or Volkswagen. Yeah, and it's what's cool about the white ones. It's the only ones that have black text. Oh sure, so it says okay. in Volkswagen in black. On so the that back. was a cool find, and yeah, he sold that to you. He sold that to me. It was sixty bucks. Borrowed more money from Jake. I was going to say because he didn't have any money on him, I had to front him that too. Yeah, yeah. So he gave me that, and I've paid you since. So um, <laughs> on the record, on the record. <laughs> and I told him, I'm like Lloyd, I really appreciate you showing us around, and I will keep this tailgate forever. I'll think of you every time. But at this point, I was feeling really close to Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so jovial. And happy to have us there, and he kind of stood there and stood there proud with his hands in his pockets as he as he would talk to us, and mm-hmm. and uh, and it and it was great. And I I remember I was always talking a little bit louder than I needed to. Oh yeah, as well, I he was had talking. the hearing he aids. He had the hearing aids, but he even if he didn't hear us, he looked at us and smiled. Exactly. You know. So I told him I would keep it forever, and I would think of him every time I looked at it. And uh, he smiled at that. So yeah. I, I think maybe he appreciated that. I, I didn't want him to think that I was going to just buy it to resell it or and I was stopping right. there to pick stuff. No. I was just interested. Yeah. Well, and from there then, he, he rides his four-wheeler back and we walk back and he has this other kind of outbuilding or shed. And he goes, what did we ask him? Or I think he was like, let me show you this too. Oh, we, were, we were like, well, we're out of here. And he's like, one more thing. Yep. One, one more, more thing. thing. And so he has this 1980 like camper van. It was. It wasn't a Winnebago. Like twenty thousand miles. Yeah, it like looked like a. It's like we stepped back in time. So you know those vans that you see like in a magazine ad with a porthole on it, and there's like people sitting on the beach playing chess right next to it with the stripes down the The side, the orange and um, brown stripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but a camper. Right, and it's exactly. Yeah, so it's like what do you think? Twenty five feet? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty five feet, and you climb in, and you know you're kind of ducking a little bit. Yep. But the interior was perfect. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. I can't and it was, even it looks like your enough. grandma's couches. It had yep. kind of the brown and, and orange, you know, uh, cloth everywhere, yep. even on the ceiling. And yep, so the, the fridge was a cold point okay. fridge, which is like an old <laughs> brand of fridge. And yeah. everything's got like the wood veneer on it. Yeah. And you open the shower and there's like one of the windows for the porthole, like yeah. leads to the shower. Yep. But I want it. I really did want that thing. I could see the, yeah. So he, he actually had that for sale and he's he, like, you don't need this, do you? No, I don't. Not but at $25,000. He's trying to sell it for. Yeah. I didn't want to break his heart and tell him, yeah, man, 
Well, I wondered if when he said twenty five meant twenty five hundred. No, he want, I saw the the oh the sticker. Yeah, okay. he wanted twenty five thousand. It's probably worth my guess between I don't know, ten. It's probably uh, I 10. have no idea. Who knows? I have no idea. It doesn't need any restoration. It was all right yeah. there. It was but cool. What was great put, about it he then? He put brand new tires on it. Oh yeah, he did mention brand that. new tires he and mentioned he, that. he drove it from the other shop to this one. That's all the mileage that's on those tires. <laughs> yep, he made a point of selling that. Yeah. But no, my favorite part though is then I see a brand new um it was a Skidoo like 600 snowmobile. Yeah. Like a brand yeah. new one. Like a couple years old and I was like, "Oh, who's that?" Like, you know, obviously Lloyd isn't going to be riding snowmobiles. He goes, "Oh yeah, that's mine. I put him on 6 or 7,000 miles on a year." And I'm like, "Like now?" He's like, yeah. "Like now." I'm like, "Wow." So That's here's awesome. this 91-year-old guy who just loves snowmobiling all over. And we started talking about Polaris, and he's like, I won't even... I won't. Because he was a trucker. That's I what he did so. for a living. Yeah, he was yeah. over-the-road trucker, and he's like, yeah, they used to have me hauling all snowmobiles. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even bring those or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, he, he was really passionate about <laughs> not liking Polaris. So yeah. um, But that was kind of the, actually the highlight of the trip was meeting Lloyd. And uh, he stood at his driveway and waved at us as we left. Yep. You know, stood, he was super you know, excited. Stood there and... and uh, I, I wish I could go see him again. I, it's, it was at driving away. You know, that's the last time you'll ever see that guy. Yeah, you no, know, it is true. But like you said, I think we kind of brightened his day. And that, no was, that was my highlight as well. So that was cool. And that's a, another kind of testament to just going out, taking back roads, adventure, yep. and, and just that's what, exploring. That's, you know, when everybody asked me why I buy this, bought the car, it was kind of for the adventure of with the car and what happens with the car and everything that happens when you go on an adventure. Yeah. And we talked about when, uh, when the, the guys from leaving the frame were here Yeah, and, uh, everybody's like, well, you guys were giving me a hard time, but like, well, not everybody has all the money to go on an adventure and dra- travel all over the place. Not to that scale, but you're so, right. So we bought a thousand dollar car, yep. drove up to wherever, mm-hmm. dr- bought the car back, met, met a couple of cool people and have memories. And we right. spent $1,100. Right. You spent nothing. <laughs> Because you went with me. I took a vacation. You day. took a vacation day. So, you you know, well, may, do you make money on your vacation day? I don't lose money, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, well, whatever. You, opportunity you, cost here, Chris. I'd like uh, some appreciation. Of course. I really appreciated having you <laughs> along. It was, it was nice for the no, company. No, it was and, fun. It was, like you said, it was an adventure. And it didn't take much to do that. So, no. as a testament to going out and finding adventure, there's it, no excuse. There's no excuse. And that's what the car has brought me. You yeah. know, it's, can I say I, I was almost a little bit disappointed we didn't break down at all on the way home? Um, yes. Like a little bit. Like nothing happened. Ron. Nothing happened. Like, yeah. Like the sense of adventure, I was like, it could break down. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad we didn't have problems. But at the same time, I, there was like a little bit missing. I was hoping for something. That the we guy kept to checking overcome. on me like, are you going to, are you home? Are you home? Oh, really? Home? Yeah. I think he was really, really <laughs> worried about it. And uh, so I, pol- I ended up polishing the, some of the car and I sent him a picture message. And on this little Ming sticker, mm-hmm. it says, do not polish or wax. Right. And I sent him a picture of what it looked like after you could polish it, which is like amazing. Yeah. The paint turns from like dull, faded to Yeah, it was like an new. oxidized red and yeah. now it looks just amazing amazing and he goes oh no the ming (laughs) (laughs) and i just go i go man ming died many many years ago i'm like i looked that stuff up it lasts about five years (laughs) was he serious like oh no oh no the ming that's what he said was oh no the Ming. and i was like oh i don't know man i think you can still still wax it so yeah so we did a little tune-up on the car it runs much better now tune-up polish the hood it leaks oil pretty precipitously is it from that head or the uh no valve cover I think it's well. It's either from the rear of the valve cover or the uh, probably the cam, the cam seal or the main sure. seal. Okay. So and it's been doing that for a long time. When you get under the car, it's you could see like wh- where the control arm and ball joint comes together. It's just like a ball of dirt and sure. oil that's been. Collected Maybe that's over. the rust proofing. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it doesn't rust. It. There's just oil spraying everywhere. Yeah. So that's that was nice. What we, else did you do? Um, I lowered it right away right away so we made like little lowering blocks for the rear and we didn't lower it a lot i wanted to lower it a lot but yep. actually to me now it looks like it should have looked stock. i was gonna say it looks like a stock car should because for some reason it sat so obnoxiously high it was really really high so we put little lowering blocks in the rear and cut two coils off the springs in front yeah so, so now it look so it still drives exactly the same okay believe it it's a little stiffer but you couldn't tell that anything yeah. was done i right. mean it, it drives really really nice and it's got a lower center of gravity, so it doesn't quite lean as much. Yep. But it still feels really, really nice. Just feels dense. You're not like over, uh, 
you're not overstressing the shocks or anything like that. I don't want I, Gary's probably going to listen to the podcast, so I don't want him to get upset with me <laughs> that I modified it. But no. uh, it it definitely improved the car. It looks visually much better. Yeah, it, and it looks like it, how it should have looked rolling off the factory uh, line. I do love you were showing in your Instagram story the suspension technology of it, a Yugo. It's amazing. Like in the rear is basically a Corvette. So, like, a lot of Corvettes have, like, a one leaf spring in the rear okay. going from one side to the other. Yes. But not uh, forward and backward, just straight across. Right. So, so it's, it's a single leaf spring with two control arms. Correct. Which I was like, what? Wow. I was thinking about that. That's kind of genius. It like, is. It's it's a not it's, a bad – some race cars use it. It's not a bad suspension setup. It just – startled me because i'm used to <laughs> yeah I, I didn't know that was a thing yeah and in the front it's kind of like an audi 5000 so it's got one control arm that comes out but not like like an a-armed like an one arm yeah comes it's just out. like a little spindle basically yeah comes out to the wheel and then the sway bar goes all the way to the front of the car and across yep. and that's what forms your your a of your so yep. it's the sway bar and that one little so control you have arm. your shock your one i'm using my pen that just flew away from me your one little control arm and then your anti-roll bar yeah. or your sway bar is the other yeah. point and one thing suspension. that I, th I thought was cool is in the rear there's uh so you've got the leaf spring and on one wheel you've got a a rod that goes up to a brake proportioning valve okay and we're like what is this for and we're like oh so what this must do is as that tire lifts or compresses, yeah. it changes the brake bias from one wheel to the other. No kidding. Yeah. So, like, if you're in a corner and you're braking, the inside tire will not get as much brake pressure. Seriously? Yeah. It was kind of like a little ingenious design. That seems high tech for a Yugo. It does. And I thought that was really that was really kind of neat. That's probably a Fiat design. Is my yeah, guess. I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, that was kind of cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you're taking care of the Yugo. Yep. That's, that's exciting. It. That's, that's, that's it? So... Now you guys know why, which is kind of the adventure of it. Um, I'm not sure. I still don't know why the Yugo, though. Like, why did you like these things? I think I like the idea of experiencing what people think is the worst thing. Yeah. Is it really the worst? And kind of, yeah. <laughs> the, car, the interior was not great. The car doesn't do anything well. Right. But it doesn't do anything really poorly yeah. either. Other than the fact that the car was built in 98, 1998 with 54 horsepower. That's the only real problem with the cars. It just the gearbox and the engine are just kind of garbage for driving around today. Yeah, it's just it, there's not enough there. You can't go on the freeway really well. It's pretty slow. Well, and when I was researching these, I re I read a Road and Track review of when they came out, and it was hilarious. Speaking about the suspension, they said usually um, a very soft suspension will make it you know kind of comfortable and compliant for regular driving, and you'll lack some sportiness because of that. And a sporty suspension will be very firm and perform well, but won't be as compliant. The Yugo somehow is soft, but not compliant, <laughs> and uh, what did they say? Uncomfortable, but not sporty. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's basically all of those things, and like the, there's weird things like the seats when you like hit the lever to move them forward to get in the back seat, the whole seat just moves. That's nice. It doesn't just tilt the thing forward. Sure. And there's like, and when you beep the horn, the whole car vibrates. Oh my god, the horn is the best part. If you like, imagine what a Yugo horn should sound like. That's it. it, it I would say like, that it's not ee, it. Ee, it's, no, it's, it's way deeper than that. You you have you have not heard it in enough time. No, it is way. It's a deeper tone, and you feel it in your feet, <laughs> like and the steering wheel and the shifter, like it vibrates the whole car. Something about it was just hilarious to me, though. Yeah. So we're at about almost an hour. Do you want to do any news, or do you want to wrap it up? No, I think we're good right there. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, did we miss? A I was going to say the one thing we will talk about though is further performance. Another one of our great sponsors, local Twin Cities-based automotive specialists. They really uh, focus on our U European cars. I would love to have you bring the Yugo over to these guys to get their take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm 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 tired of driving the car. I'm You're not already tired of it. It well, I drove it seven hours a yeah. couple days ago, yeah. and then I drove it down to the shop and back last night. Yep. and I'm just kind of feeling done. I don't want to drive it. It <laughs> it was just, it's it it demands too much of me. As, More than your 911. Yes. Why? Because it's sensory. It's it's sensory overload, but not in a good way. I was gonna say it's quieter than like the getting a massage is great, right? Sure, getting a massage is great, but being hit with a hammer is not great. 
Okay. But they're so both, the 911 but, but they're massages both, you. And <laughs> but, it's, but both are sensory experiences, right? But that yeah, doesn't no, mean that it. a sensory experience is always good. I, I can't imagine. It just seems odd to me that the Yugo has more sensory, is more like overwhelming than the 911. It is. Well, it's. Maybe because it's not as enjoyable. It's not a positive. It's like talking to somebody that has a pleasant voice versus talking to somebody that has an annoying voice. So like me versus you. Right. Exactly. Ed. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm down with that, with that comparison. <laughs> At any rate, back to our sponsor for the performance, European cars. They're really enthusiasts about those cars. That's why you should bring your car to them because they really know these cars, you know, nut and bolt, and they will take care of them. They have that, pa- that patient, that patient, uh, Patience and passion. There we go. That's what it's trying to say. So you can find those guys at fptuned.com. That's F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. We really appreciate you guys being here for our 50th episode. And I really want to thank Jake for sticking with me all this time and putting up with my mainly cynical negative attitude hey, that I that I live with on a daily basis. So, I appreciate so kudos that. to Jake for sticking around with that for 50 episodes and we will see you guys next week with a cool history episode that's over 35 no, It's from 3500 BC. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be here for that. <laughs> Take care guys and don't forget to go to iTunes. Take care everyone.